In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent Kayfay. What's going on, man? How are you? I don't know why you did the countdown in Spanish. We have a Canadian on this broadcast. They barely speak English. Oh, uh, I did it in Spanish because I could. Uh, speaking of the Canadian, we do have our only RCMP JLB on here, Justin LeBlanc. Hey, hey, on, hey, hey. It goes on and on and on, and the days just keep on meshing together and together and together. And to be fair, he did it in Spanish because Americans could hardly speak English. That's why you have the Canadian on the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, yeah. Just fire today. Um, before we get into anything, I always like to remind people Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network, so make sure to check out the other shows on the network. You can go to tatnusco.com to get links to all of those shows. Um, now, normally, this is kind of a silly, wacky show uh, where we do, like, wacky, um, unlikely scenarios in professional wrestling, but I thought, based on the situation that is going on today... Um, and has been going on for a while and will continue to go on for a while. There's there's room for us to have a little bit more serious of a discussion, although I am sure we will go off on tangents and and wild little horse rides through our heads. So, um, but... I love with horses, the, man. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, look, squirrel. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but so in, in the aftermath of WrestleMania, right, um... We know WWE taped uh, WrestleMania in advance. We know that they taped uh, what ended up being on Raw in advance and the NXT uh, that would have aired tonight, which I have not seen yet, but I've um, read a little bit about it and I know DA Fabe watched it. Um, so, not yet, uh, actually. I, I was planning on it in the morning, unfortunately. Oh, so. You slacker. Well, you know, I, I do have a child. So I do I. I still watched AEW tonight. And to be fair, he's also is a child. Oh, snap. I'm sorry. I'm just mean today. <laughs> but anyway. Like just dogged on your country or something. But so, <laughs> you know, uh, but they pre-taped for NXT tonight. They taped some for SmackDown, but not nearly enough for a whole show. And as of right now, they've made no announcements officially of any sort of taping in advance from now on, right? Um, now, there are reports that speculate that they're going to be doing some taping here soon, um, that they're instituting um, uh, uh, checks, like uh, temperature checks on all people before they enter, yada, yada, yada. But as of right now, as of the recording of this show, they don't have anything more taped, like full episodes. Um, AEW is in a similar situation. They've got a few weeks taped, but they don't know at the moment when they'll be able to tape more episodes. So we're in this situation of where do we go from here? Um, like in the aftermath of, of WrestleMania, 
where we had two phenomenal matches that were outside the box and literally outside the arena. Um, should both AEW and and WWE think more about doing that sort of thing rather than necessarily uh, get back into an arena of some sort and tape well, empty arena matches? If I may, though... I don't even see how they even have to do that because if we look at uh, MMA UFC president Dana White, he apparently is looking to secure his own island so that he can actually tape a bunch of UFCs and so on and so forth. So I'm thinking Vince, Vinny Mac has enough money to do that as well, to find something. as well as perhaps I would imagine Tony Khan does as well. Um, so I'm thinking they could even go that route just to kind of keep everything in a ring, you know, since it is wrestling, like UFC is keeping it in an octagon and so on and so forth. So I'm thinking they could maybe go that route. It does sound like it's a lot of money, but Dana White can do it. I'm sure Vince can do it. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't think the money would be the problem in that. I think to be perfectly honest, it'd be getting the talent there. Um, because so many countries have put lockdowns on flights in and out uh, that, you know, getting people or at least restrictions on it. Like, like for instance, it's come out that probably the reason that WWE had Rhea Ripley lose the belt um, is because her American work visa had expired and they were no, not. Says that's not that true. Just so you know. I, yeah, Meltzer said it's not true, but there have been multiple other reports that it has been. And last report, I'm, well I, I'm just giving you that yeah. there's two report, there's conflicting reports. There's man. conflicting reports. However, um, there have been reports spotting her in the airport flying back to Australia. Um, so even if her work visa has expired, has not expired, she's flying back to Australia, which has a mandatory 14-day quarantining on anyone returning to the country from any other country. Right. Um, so regardless, she's not going to be coming back for at least 14 days. Um, and I don't imagine she would fly back to Australia, quarantine herself for 14 days, and then immediately fly back to the United States where she might face some form of quarantining again. Um, right. So if she's flying back there, you know, for whatever reason she's flying back, whether it's even just for her own help, she feels like she wants to go home and, and do that. I don't know. But my point is, so many places have been restricting flights. Um, it's part of why if you watch AEW, uh, whether you watch last week's Dynamite or AEW Dark on Tuesday or this week's Dynamite, you notice that they've been using a lot of local talent wrestlers. Now, AEW has used a lot of local talent wrestlers for their entire span so far, but they're using even more now. Uh, and I think so much of it is it's so much harder to get a lot of people to locations now. Um, We're even having restrictions on interstate travel here in the United States. Not as much where we're located at in the center, but when you get towards the coast, there are a lot of states that are saying, no, we don't, you know, we've got enough of our own problems. You don't need to be coming into our state from someplace else. And so, you know, if if you're living in Florida, but uh, AEW that you work for is recording in Georgia, it might become harder and harder for you to even make it to Georgia to do some recording, let alone to a private island someplace. Yeah. So, but, 
It just goes to show you how Dana White is actually going to do that, though, because he seems pretty content about going that route. Um, so I guess we'll just have to see how Dana White goes about it, because I imagine his talent has the same issues, and he's still going His talent it. only performs so often, though. Yeah. His talent fights, you know, once every three months at most, like, big mm-hmm. fights, so... True. So he's got a little um, bit more leeway on that. Um, I think now I think you can actually leave that his talent fights. Like you could have actually left it at just fights. Like I'm not trying to dog on wrestling, but in moments like this, it is important to remember mm-hmm. it's, it's it's predetermined. Predetermined. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. I was like, I don't want to be the bad guy here. No. Well. No, but at the same time, it's not just about the realism aspect of it, too. It's also about that, you know, these wrestlers, especially the lower card ones, do need the money and they don't have any other perhaps source of income, too. Right. So these UFC fight nights and so on and so forth are something that they possibly um you know need because one their regular job if they have one aside from doing that is most likely uh not non-essential so they don't have any income coming there and then you know it's i think it's also kind of dana white looking at that as well and saying hey well i still want to pay my fighters these guys deserve to get some money kind of thing let me do this so i feel like he's also there might be selfish too but sacrificing I am 90% certain that a lot of his uh, reasons for wanting to do that uh, is getting around uh, boxing commissions, to be perfectly honest. He, if they're fighting on their own island, they don't have to obey certain American laws for the boxing commissions, which they currently do mm. in the United States. So, What? Um, Dana White trying to skirt law? Yeah. Put, let me put on my shocked face. What? Uh <laughs> And that's Jeez. that's kind of the thing there. I can really see that this has even less to do with coronavirus and more to do with him seeing, hey, this is a chance for me to put into plan something that I've been wanting to do that mm. uh, is a way to have fights without having to, you know, have a, a doctor there that drug tests everyone and yada, yada, yada. Not saying that he wants to, to have a bunch of drugged up steroid freaks but just from the standpoint of you know if he can get away with not having to to follow those rules specifically that it saves him a ton of money really and mm. allows him to have the fights on his terms rather than others right but but so you know and that's just kind of my thoughts is like did we reach a point here where for the time being uh they need to just go all in on these um non-arena pre-taped maybe even a little bit more out there matches you know i mean we already can uh see that aew is is leading towards something to give you a spoiler from tonight's aew uh matt hardy challenged chris jericho to come to the hardy compound and uh bring the inner circle and he'd bring the elite and they would have the elite deletion yeah so so Mm. i mean they're obviously doing something like that in AEW um with the success and i'm using the air quotes on success because uh while the three of us here loved it and a lot of the people i talked to loved it i have seen some blowback online of people who did not like the firefly funhouse match very much 
Um, but a lot of luck online though too. Yeah, it's it's Both very polarized. There, there's I think it's one of those you either love it or you hate it. I, I've mm. very rarely seen someone who is just like, yeah, it's okay, not my thing, but you know, whatever. Most people are either like, it was awesome or it's horrible. Um, and I've purposefully avoided what Jim Cornette thinks of it because, man, f Jim Cornette. Um, what did he think of it? I don't know. I've I've avoided it. <laughs> Did you miss the purposely avoided part of that? <laughs> well, well, no, because now I'm interested. You did not avoid it. You read it. You're just ignoring it. No, I, I specifically... Well, I think I blocked him on Twitter because I don't really give a crap. He's well, trolling. I'm going to find out what he said about it. I mean, it's not like he cares that I blocked him. He doesn't know me from Adam. Cool, baby. To <laughs> say, which, are we talking Wilbon? Are we talking... Because, I mean, if you're being talked about... Like with some of those more famous podcasters, good job, bud. Don't forget the oh. people who helped you get there. Yup, straight uh, up. Who who who's that again? What? <laughs> oh, already talking about. So during the latest edition of the Drive Through Podcast, Jim Cornette commented on the Boneyard match. Would you like to know what he said? <laughs> no. Suppose so. I do. I I want to know. Ugh, maybe. All right, well, I'm doing it anyways. Too little, too late. You can feel free to edit it out afterwards if you really hate him that much. So he started saying this. When I watched the package, and once again, great editing job. I really enjoyed the how they edited it, the heavy stuff that AJ was saying about me. Uh, hold on. Sorry. Two seconds. On the match being what Vince McMahon has been wanting to do. On the match itself. Here we go. So what Jim Cornette had to say about the match is he basically said he doesn't know how to make notes on such a match because it wasn't wrestling to him and how do you critique a wrestling match that is not wrestling um and he basically just goes on to say that it should have been it's more of a theater performance and a whole bunch of (laughs) f-bombs um sounds like corny yep um but i just want to get a gist he just keeps talking um what yep, Jim Cornette mind. talking a lot? I've never heard of that before. Um, he Let does me put mention... on my shocked face. Yeah. I he got does you, mention. Bud. He does mention on the end of the match. Uh, he talks about how Gallows and uh, Anderson appearing back and forth, the fightings with the Druids. He didn't understand it. Uh, maybe it was the Dark Order. He actually said. Maybe they're trying to take the opportunity to get rid of the big star on the other program. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's just kind of more talking about it, but um, I'm afraid to say Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn's ultimate dream of what wrestling can be. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Okay, yeah, you're right. He's just talking a bunch of nonsense, though. Yep. Well, yeah, I, I guess what I would say is if he's talking about Vince McMahon's ultimate dream of what wrestling can be, that's not at all. I, I can guarantee the only reason this happened for Vince was the fact that they kind of needed to. Right, for sure. So I don't, and I don't even, but Cornette does mention on a lot of the uh, Dark Side podca- um, podcast documentaries, and Vince Russo does mention it as well on his podcast, that Vince McMahon just likes stuff that's entertaining. He likes that he's there for the entertainment aspect. And uh, originally, Vince Russo was brought on because of all the stuff he was doing on the uh, the magazine. 
that's originally why he got what he got and why Vince was so cool for the brawl for all situation that happened aside from Vince Russo's own reasonings he thought it was different he thought it was exciting so he might not be totally wrong because Vince doesn't necessarily care about being full-on wrestling he just cares on it being entertainment almost a reality show if you so i could see what cornet might have been saying there but essentially he's just saying that it was pretty much weird and he's not sure what to think of it after scrolling through all his comments here well and that's the deal that doesn't even get to the firefly funhouse uh thing which i'm sure drove corny absolutely nuts oh gosh yeah, sure way farther than yeah, but but that's the deal. Is I mean, yeah, he's not wrong. Vince McMahon always has been um, entertainment moments over wrestling. It goes it goes way back to the late eighties, early nineties. Um, you know, it's it's the, at the root of the steroid scandal because getting that big on steroids inherently makes you less able to do a lot of the wrestling, right? Well, that's actually how up. he avoided having to do the the drug testing for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're entertainment. Like, oh, we're not wrestling. We're, we're entertainment. This is all pre-planned. I mean, you it's, son of a bee. It's right in the name of of the company, World Wrestling Entertainment. It's yeah. it's and all about the entertainment. It's and sports I entertainment. Test that we've seen bad entertainment from matches like that, and good entertainment as we did this weekend. Um, bad entertainment is where they overfight those um and i think the best example of that is also another bray wyatt match the house of horrors match which was not as bad as as we give it credit for but it was still bad i think that entertainment in those facets um has a tendency to amplify the thought process and and in fairness uh Vince McMahon's not the only person who has valued entertainment over wrestling at times. Um, I will, uh, as reference, point you to the old, the entire Dungeon of Doom storyline in early WCW. The water, it's not hot. I've never <laughs> been. There's no Hulkamaniacs here. <laughs> that whole that whole storyline was about the entertainment, not the rest. And I'm not trying to say that the people involved weren't qualified wrestlers, um, but in the end, it was it was an entertainment storyline, not a wrestling storyline. Um, and it was bad. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to say it was good. Um, but, you know, it's been a long time coming. Um, I just, I can't help but feel that maybe the secret that AEW and WWE need to do for at least the time being is lean into that because yes, the, the, um, uh, Boneyard match had a lot of people involved in it and it was expensive to write, uh, cause they had basically built that whole graveyard set, but they don't have to necessarily go that over the top for it. And they can do that same sort of stuff with just a couple wrestlers, a couple cameramen and sound guys. And that's about it, you know? Uh, and I think they could get away with doing that and stay under the 10 person rules and all of those things at almost any place that they need to go. Um, whereas trying to continue to do empty arena shows poses a different problem altogether because now 
you know, you've got to set up the show. You've got to have lighting people um, and sound people and and announcers and cameramen and then the wrestlers. And the wrestlers all have to have uh, dressing rooms. So you've got to have multiple dressing rooms so you can cordon them off and keep them separate. And, you know, in the case of what the rumors are saying about a WWE, you've got to have nurses there taking everyone's temperature as they come in the door to make sure that they're not showing symptoms, even though taking temperature is a very, very inaccurate way of uh, determining whether people have COVID-19. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, I just think it's it's something that they should maybe even uh, at least think about. And I can tell AEW is at least thinking about it. Like I said, they had the whole thing with the, the Hardy compound uh, today on the show. And so I can't help but think that at least something they're filming, whether they've already filmed it or they're filming it in the near future, will be at the Hardy compound. Um, and that maybe they'll lean into that a little bit more. I mean, they filmed some stuff at Chris Jericho's house. Mm. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, go on, uh, um, Mr. Kayfabe. You're about to speak. Uh, I, I don't. I, I think there's a balance that need that can occur here. Um, I don't think we have to go all one way or another. And I think that's that's a significant piece to this to talk about. You know, if I was going to fantasy book this, um, I've talked for three weeks straight that this is a phenomenal, and I mean amazingly phenomenal opportunity to promote the network. Um, and I'm not going to pretend that the network's all they have, but the network is a really, really good tool for WWE. And I think that, that if you take this opportunity to pr promote the network, it will help you. I'm going to sound really stupid here. It will help you promote the network. And so um, as dumb as that sounds, they've struggled with the network. And I think that and, and I don't want to treat this like an opportunity, but when it's the best you've got, let's put the best on you know the best show on that we can and do something with the network I, I really I was not I was disappointed in the match selection the last few weeks because it was I mean we talked about for example Roman um we talked for example about Roman when they put that match together and they were you know uh on Smackdown they were oh yeah look at Roman you know he's great and um this is two weeks before WrestleMania, or eight days, I guess, before the Saturday night of WrestleMania. Um, and I think that would have that would have been, you know, that wasn't the best match to choose. And so if they're going to continue to choose bad matches, no, it doesn't work. But I think that combined with maybe a couple cinematic adventures um, for people, I, I don't think that's a horrible thing. But... Can they actually even still do the 10-person rule, though? Aren't they not supposed to... Like, isn't it just supposed to be any business supposed to be mandatory closed? <laughs> oh, oh, you naive Canadian with your Canadian rules that extend all across the country. Um, no, because... This, in, is, this has been deferred to as states' rights. Yeah, this, this is states' rights. So we've got 50 states plus oh, Jesus. Uh, territories like Guam and so on and so forth, right? Mm. And each, each one of the states and territories gets to make their own rule. Now, so far, uh, I think it's 42 of the states have issued mandatory shelter-in-place orders. 
which means basically what you're talking about. Um, everything that's considered non-essential closed down. Uh, people stay at home. Yada yada yada. Right. The problem is uh, Americans' definitions of essential uh, in the legal sense is very broad and uh, opens it up to a lot of interpretation. Like some people make the argument that entertainment is is an essential thing, that, and in a way, I get it. You know, if we're stuck in our homes, we need something to take our mind off things. Right. Um, However, we do also live in an era of Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus, and HBO. Yeah, we don't, I, I don't think we have to create new content. Yeah, we, we've got a lot of content already right now, but <laughs> but I get it. So so there's that. Um, there's a lot of like weird intricacies. Like You can argue uh, Nebraska, where DA Fape and I are located, has uh, not issued a shelter-in-place order. Uh, we are under what are called directive health measures, um, social distancing. Uh, we've got all that, but we're not down to non-essential uh, have to stay home yet. However, uh, some of our rules are actually more restrictive than some of the states that have shelter-in-place rules out. And that's where it gets really confusing because it's not as simple as saying that state has shelter in place this state doesn't right. you know we we've, we've got we've got a lot a wide variety of it and some of it is like in nebraska we are so far being hit by it not necessarily as hard as some other places and there are a lot of reasons to, behind that number one we're about the most central most state in the nation mm -hmm. which uh the disease is kind of coming in from both sides right but we're getting hit late last we're also not as populous as a bunch of the other states so that slows the spread a bit here too um there are large swaths of nebraska where you can drive 15 20 miles without seeing a house you know mm. Um, but, but it's coming, you know, I mean, I think I, Nebraska has a smaller population than Montreal. Oh no, for sure. Well, Montreal is a metropolitan. It's a huge city. Yeah. yeah so we're talking with Nebraska sure. you guys, as you a guys state. Are, yeah. The entire state, I think here in Nebraska is just short of 2 million. And I think Montreal has 4 million. Is that right? Uh, well, Quebec, Quebec as a province, city. Quebec as a province no. technically is no, eight. No, I'm talking so, your city. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so Montreal is probably about three, four million. Yeah, it's most of the Quebecers. Yeah, that's so I that's the deal. Nebraska's population in 2018 uh, was 1.929 million. So not even two million people in the entire state of Nebraska. Yeah. And Nebraska. Now that said, we're also going up against the second largest city in Canada. So, right. You know, it's, <laughs> you're like yeah. trying to compare Quebec to Los Angeles. It's still not even close to well, Los no. Angeles. Technically speaking, if you, because Canada is about 35 million total. Yeah. So, you know, add yeah, New York and California, <laughs> you beat us already. You beat us yeah. in population. But we do have you on landmass. <laughs> you do, bud. <laughs> Kicking our ass on landmass. Yep. Anyway, so the, my thoughts are, yes, I like the idea of doing... I What I really like the idea of is sending people home. Mm -hmm. You know, you can really emphasize this social distancing far beyond what you did going up to WrestleMania. Um, and I like that leading up to WrestleMania, they said, we're going to do an empty arena. It's, they made the decision before they were forced to make that decision. And... Uh, 
props to them. Props to AEW. Both of them made the decision before it was mandated. That so, said, go ahead, go ahead, finish. But I, I just was uh, gonna point out that the entire state of Nebraska has uh, one tenth the population density of Quebec. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We have about about 25 people per square mile. And they have 250 per square mile in all of uh, Quebec? Uh, 230 per square mile. No, no, excuse me. No, uh, 592, that's per square kilometer, 200. 592 per square mile. So, yeah, no, we're even less than that. We're a half a percent. Quebec is such a huge province, too. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's big. <laughs> I have not been everywhere in Quebec. No. Anyways, no. when you get farther south, you have to learn the English. So yeah, I get it. Oh snap! <laughs> well played. I'm sorry. Anyway, no, so what I, I was... don't even know French, and I live here, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I was saying is, uh, I, I think at this point it, it's a really good opportunity to say, no, we're going to social distance our employees too. Um, you know, I, again, I, I keep going back to the hosting because you do want your wrestlers on television. Um, I love the idea of hosting four dudes hosting all together. Let's watch this match. Maybe even do a watch along. How cool would that be? You know, mm. uh, they're the commentary on the matches, um, you know, where you get, I don't know, you have the twin towers versus the uh, demolition um, or twin powers, sorry, versus demolition. I think that happened in the eighties. I don't know if it did or not. It doesn't really matter. Um, and you get the Miz and Morrison and um, Jimmy and Jay Uso all on there to talk. Um, so they can talk smack. They can build their, their feuds at the same time as they watch a famous tag match. Or you can have the feud build between Braun and Roman. Um, and they each pick a match and they, they commentate on it together. Um also getting digs in at the same time you know um, you can do all of that with skype and social media yeah well and that's the deal is i i think while i while i was mentioning stuff like the the final deletion sort of that's really more along the lines of what i was really talking about is doing a lot more of these not in an arena other sort of ideas not even necessarily wrestling but other ideas just in general because I, frankly WWE has, aside from WrestleMania, been subpar in the empty arena overall. Oh, right? Yeah. Uh, AEW has done a better job. um, And part of it has been with their decision to try to always have some wrestlers around the ring or near the ring to give it at least some semblance of a crowd. But even that, I don't think they're going to be able to continue. I think uh, Georgia does have more restrictive shelter-in-place laws or orders right now than a lot of other places. And so either they're going to have to find a whole new place to uh, film at, or they're going to have to do more like WWE, where it's just two people in the ring and uh, announcers, and that's it. Um, Heck, you can even have them play video games against each other. Now suddenly Xavier Woods is back relevant, you know? (laughs) No, this is true, yeah. uh, Xavier Woods would argue that his channel stayed more relevant than WWE for the most part, but that's beside the point. And and I would agree. That's what I'm saying is use some of these things to your advantage right now. Um, Can you imagine forcing... 
let's let's pretend Goldberg is still going to be part of the segment. Please God, I hope he's not. But let's pretend Goldberg's going to be part of the segment coming up. Um, Goldberg has to play Braun in, a, in PlayStation Two or Play, I guess it's PlayStation Four or whatever it is now. It's four. Uh, yeah. See, <laughs> I'd be. It is, I'd be it is almost expect. five. Almost yeah. five. It's coming, and apparently, still supposed to be released in December of 2020. Fun little fact. So you can you can feature your video games. You can feature your wrestlers playing those video games. You can feature the old guy who did, Brock is a good example. Brock doesn't do video games. Brock's a little bit like me. Probably wouldn't even know that, what a PS4 is. Um, I played him when I was younger. I don't play him now. I'd, I'd get my butt handed to me by by John Morrison or by somebody who plays on a regular basis. Um, that'd be entertaining. You could even have a lottery where fans get to play against each other you know these are some things you can do that are outside the box that still draw some fans in that promote your product um and promote it on multiple levels you know if ever there was a time to do a talk show and i know smarks is gonna you know right here smack nope nope how do i mute you how do i mute you Now you would be a great time to throw in a, a talk show. Um, a talk show as in what, though? What are you referring to? Because yeah, clearly... like Skype or something, you know? And then you only have to test two people, you know? If you're going to put them face-to-face with each other, that's fine. One time, you know? <laughs> um, and then you record six or seven episodes of, um, you know, or whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It, there's just a lot of ways to do it. Yeah, and you know, I like that idea because honestly, no matter what they do, Okay, and they still just don't postpone everything and say, okay, well, screw it. You're just going to play. Even if they play replays of old Raws on like the USA Network or something, I'm pretty sure people would still be interested um, in that or something. But I do like the idea of making it relevant where wrestlers are playing a wrestling game against each other and they're talking smack because it's still building the feud or one time having or, you know, playing regular board games or something. Maybe they're not all into video games, you know, what if they're playing chess or something like that like you have the wrestlers do what they're good at or what games they are decent in and so like this it's actually like a legitimate competition amongst those wrestlers who like those games because when else would we actually see that how unruly would it be to watch a chess match Hey, a chess mess, a, a chess match with comment, a chess match with commentating. Might did you just say a chest match? I did. I think you're back to the attitude era, bud. <laughs> oh, hey, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think that would be, and you would never get away with this at any other time, but now. But you can really show, you know, the thing about Ms. and Mrs. is it delves into the life of a guy who really has always been an entertaining person in terms of uh, social, uh, not social media, of uh, reality television. Mm-hmm. So give us a little bit, give us doses of reality. Who knows, maybe you accidentally get another show called The Roman Empire because Roman's actually entertaining in real life. Probably not. <laughs> uh, but I don't care if you do a workout show. Like, hey, mm. this is this is my 30 minute busted out workout, you know, DVR this and you can work out with me tomorrow. <laughs> I don't care. They just could even some... just show episodes of uh, Seamus's Celtic warrior workout series that he does on YouTube. Yeah. And that works. Some type of, and I don't want to say shameless self-promotion, but some type of self-promotion. 
Seamus <laughs> self-promotion. I got it too. Yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. That was well done. That was a pun without trying to be punny. I uh, <laughs> didn't mean to do there. <laughs> okay. No, and that's kind of what I... Now, WWE has maybe an easier task of this, uh, if only because they've got a huge back catalog of stuff they can tap into. You know, having all of the WCW tape library, all of the AWA Vern Gagne stuff, um, and all of the WWE, WWF, WWWF stuff that they've got. Um, whereas AEW has eight months of footage that they can, so they're a little bit more limited. But um, along the same lines, AEW has a lot more experience with what we'll call guerrilla wrestling filmmaking, maybe. Um, and a perfect example of that is, and I know neither of you actually watch Being the Elite on a regular basis, but this week's Being the Elite actually had two wrestling matches on it. Oh, yeah? They actually, um, uh, the the Young Bucks have a tennis court in their backyard in Rancho Cucamonga, California, um, which, by the way, is on pretty pretty restrictive lockdown um because they've uh, in california has been kind of a hot spot for this year um but they had uh scu come out and wrestle a match versus uh two unknowns to local people uh but gave them at least some uh, exposure uh and the Young Bucks wrestled a match against... God, I can't remember who they did. It might have been the Young Bucks against them, and SCU was against someone else. Anyways, doesn't matter. The matches don't really matter. Um, but it's the sort of thing... <laughs> oh, this is like WWE. <laughs> well, in the end, like it was Young Bucks versus an enhancement talent. Uh, and th th that was even the storyline of it, because Nick Jackson is coming back from his air quotes injury and he's at air quotes 60 percent um uh in full disclosure he was never injured his wife was giving birth and he needed some time off to go be with his wife and his new baby which all for it applause to be fair um, his ears are probably pretty injured didn't okay under the assumption that all babies are loud criers okay yep and spoken like a true guy who doesn't have any children yep yep <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, and so the whole thing was supposed to be a warm-up match to see where he was, and so uh, Matt Jackson had had found a bunch of local jobbers, and I think they even referred to him as enhancement talent, you know, uh, for them to just beat up on. But uh, they had uh, Excalibur doing the play-by-play, -play, obviously recording it in home, right? They sent him the tape, and he did the play-by-play, -play, you know, so he wasn't there. And uh, during the match, you could see that the cameramen were either Matt and Nick Jackson during the SCU match or the members of SCU during Matt and Nick Jackson's match. So all told for this, these two wrestling matches, they had maybe six people in the area, you know? Mm. Um, oh, that's who it was. Uh, yeah, uh, I love SC how you googled it. Like you, no. you just remembered. Please, I did. So I can guarantee you right now. I can guarantee you because I remember what the storyline was. The mm. storyline was uh, Peter Avalon, the librarian, 
showed up at Brandon Cutler's house, who also lives in Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, he took it because I think he, uh, Peter Avalon, lives in Vegas. So he took an Uber from Vegas to Rancho Cucamonga uh, just so that he could gloat at Brandon Cutler for losing his match on AEW Dark the previous week. Uh, and uh, But then they decided to team up and see if as a team they could maybe finally get some wins because neither of them are getting wins. And they had a match versus SCU and they did not win. Stan. They're still winless. But anyways, but so yeah, so you had SCU, two, only two members of SCU, uh, Kazarian and uh, Christopher Daniels. And then you had the two Jacksons and the two Jobbers and uh, Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler. So that's eight total people for it. Um, and that's something that AEW and the Jacksons through BTE have a lot of experience with that sort of let's just throw together. Hold on. <laughs> breaking news up in Quebec. Yes. And, but uh, but so. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's, that's fine. It, it, there's more than 14,000 cases in Montreal, huh? Or uh, all, of, all of Canada. No, no, that's 14,000 cases in uh, in Montreal. In Quebec. What? Oh, he's talking about you guys. Uh -huh. Yes. But yes. no, they have more than that. Either way. Yeah. We, okay. We are. We have, have 400,000 cases, but. That's it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They have more. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the worst statistic that he's talking about. The one that we will, uh, since this is an entertainment show, we will move on from because it's really bumming okay, me out. Okay, man. Whatever. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Christ. All but, right. Go ahead. But so AEW has more experience with, like I said, guerrilla filmmaking than WWE really does. WWE's filmmaking, uh, their experience is really in like really slick and high production. Yeah. Um, but but AEW doesn't have this back catalog of video. Now, uh, I think DA Fave, you and I talked about it. Was it last week on FBI um, about how AEW, if they were smart, they would uh, partner up with a bunch of the independent promotion um, yeah. and say, just, hey, send us your video featuring your top guy or whatever, and we will play it and we'll give you commentary and some exposure. Um, we're going to get, we're going to, it's, it's just like Sports Center in terms of, of doing that. Um, Sports Center saying this video is courtesy of blah, blah. And, and no, it's not actually blah, blah, Justin. It's just the terminology. I'm sorry. I, I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> um, sorry, man. I, I don't know why I like razzing with you so much. Probably because you yeah. fling it back. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the the it, it would be just like doing a sports center type highlight if they decided to do something like that. And then that does give some pump to and I don't want to say Ohio Valley because it's it's a common one. So we'll say um, Magnum Pro Wrestling out of Omaha, Nebraska. You know, you you can have say if a wrestler Omaha ever makes it big again, um, then that would be a way to do that and give some pump to Magnum Pro Wrestling, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the deal. And I mean, even if you just take a AEW wrestler um, who you want to show a little bit more, like the like uh, the Dark Order, right? Uh, mm -hmm. 
you know, they John Silver. John Silver. That's a perfect example. But even even the Dark Order, you know, they were signed, they br- were brought into AEW. Be- previously, they were known as the Super Smash Brothers, and then when they came into AEW, they weren't allowed to do that because copyrights, right? Um, but but when you go into to their from history, Nintendo, right? From actual Nintendo, yes. or was that from the indie fed? Okay, I'm just making I, sure. <laughs> I don't I don't know 100% if they got like a cease and desist. I think it probably was more Tony Khan saying, "Hey, we don't want to get sued." Right. So, uh, how about instead you you change your name? Uh, but you know, they wrestled as Super Smash Brothers on the Indies for a long time. Uh, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. They did a lot of things with PWG, Dragon Gate USA. You know, these are ones where they could just call up those companies and say, maybe not Dragon Gate USA since it's related to Dragon Gate uh, overseas, but Pro Wrestling Guerrilla easily say, hey, can we get uh some of the footage from you know super smash brothers uh versus the young bucks in your pwg tag team championship game you know match or whatever right and and you can present it at that point now as you know you might not have been familiar with them before aew we want to show you what they did before they came here right uh that would be awesome the Young Bucks, of course, had a long career on the indie. So partner up with every promotion that you can find that has footage of the Young Bucks before AEW and and do matches like that. Um, it gets you some footage, uh, probably for free, because if you were Magnum Pro Wrestling here in Omaha, Nebraska, and you had footage of a match where a now big star in AEW was at, uh, and AW said, "Hey, can we air that footage?" You'd say, "Yeah, right." Mm-hmm. As long as you say it's Magnum Pro Wrestling in Omaha, Nebraska, that's free yeah, advertising, you know. So I could totally see AEW doing something like that. And I can, and I understand that there's going to be jack wagon small promoters that aren't going to play. Mm-hmm. Like I know that that's going to happen, and that's fine. I just think that there's a, a huge upside for all of pro wrestling. If, if a different perspective is taken. And I, I think it's it's gold for lots of promotions, not just for the big dogs. It's gold for the little guys. And especially, you know, if because obviously there's no shows for any of the indie shows and so on and so forth. So, you know, you name the federation, you say you can get these guys shirts or something at Pro Wrestling Tees or whatever have you, put some money into the wrestlers' pockets and so on. It's just, it's a win-win legit for everybody. I don't see WWE doing that, but certainly I feel like AEW could do this no problem. WWE likes to pretend like there's a product to promote too. I mean, there's plenty for them to promote between Miz and Mrs. and and Total Divas and individuals, um, video game channels, and I mean, you can go on and on and on. There's just so much to promote. And WWE likes to pretend like other uh, promotions don't exist. Right. Correct. Like when Samoa Joe showed up, they didn't say. Samoa Joe, oh my goodness, he ran the tables in Impact Wrestling and overseas. They right. just said, oh, look, it's Samoa Joe. Where is he from? Eh, don't care. Because <laughs> right. they're the yeah. only promotion that matters. Side note, remember as a kid, 
um, watching a show, and they're like, well, so I remember when Psycho Sid became Shawn Michaels' new bodyguard. I had never watched wrestling before that, um, that era. So I, I had watched some, um, I'd watched some w, WWE and a little bit of WCW, but Sid had been out of WCW for a year and a half, two years, and I hadn't watched it that long. And suddenly, you know, obviously he's replacing Diesel as HBK's bodyguard because HBK needs a bodyguard. And, and so they're sitting there talking about, on commentary, about, oh my gosh, I can't believe you got this guy. This guy's crazy. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how do you even know who he is? Like, I don't know who he is. You know, and I've been watching for a year, which at that point in my life was a quarter of my, or not a quarter, was uh, <laughs> was one fourteenth of my life. You know, that's that's seven uh, percent of my life. I had been watching wrestling and pff, had no clue who Psycho Sid was. Well, number one, he wasn't called Psycho Sid before; he was called Sid Vicious. And number two, um, I'd never seen him, and so you know, those are. Those are some of the things where you don't know where that stuff came from. Um, it's a significant benefit for even the fan to be able to suddenly, oh, now I know more about, you know, there's there's people who had never seen Bobby Roode before he was on NXT. And I know that sounds crazy, but there was people who had no clue who Bobby Roode was, you know? And so well, I get and what you're saying. That really shows kind of one of the big differences between like an AEW and a WWE because uh, for a perfect example, Lance Archer recently showed up in AEW and they every time he shows up, they say things like he absolutely destroyed all the competitions in Japan. Now, they're not necessarily naming the promotions, but they're telling you there are promotions in Japan that he worked for and and destroyed people at, you know? They are totally fine with with admitting that there are other promotions out there. Heck, they're, one half of their tag team champions is also the AAA mega champion, right? Um, so they've even got a, a, a working relationship with another promotion that they'll uh, openly talk about on air. So I can totally see them saying, hey, look, there are these other promotions. Here is footage of Sammy Guevara uh, wrestling against somebody down in Austin, Texas before he w came to AEW. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, especially new up-and-comers like Sammy Guevara, uh, they, these are people that w didn't even have, like, New Japan Pro run. Like, Hangman Page had Ring of Honor. Um, so there's footage of him from that. Of course, Ring of Honor is not going to let Hangman Page footage from theirs be shown on AEW because uh, they want to keep it all for themselves, whatever. Um, right. But but Sammy Guevara, there's a lot of stuff out there of him uh, wrestling on the indies. Darby Allen, there's a lot of independent stuff for Darby Allen that they can start showing. Uh, and it's a win-win for the indies and it's a win-win for uh, AEW. And like you say, it, all they have to do is say, hey, uh, you can buy merchandise for this federation at blah 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 dot com you know um and or uh, you can watch them on television or yeah and you know, maybe you or go maybe see it, go see them live they or go see them live they they perform live uh, event shows you know once once this whole thing is over they'll be back to doing live event shows in the houston area or whatever 
Like oh. just as an example too, though. For instance, I saw Walter um, on the Fight Network in some indie federation, and I was like, "How is Walter here?" Kind of thing. But it was a show from like 2018, and although it was you know not the greatest filmed and so on and so forth, I was still mesmerized because now I know how Walter is, and I was so curious to how he was back then too. So I think that would just be a phenomenal idea for AEW because that interested the hell out of me even though uh, he's far more superior now it intrigued me to see where he came from kind of deal and and the specific artist that that Smarks and I talked about when we discussed doing that was somebody who we've been far more entertained watching his indie stuff because they don't know how to work the storylines for him right now Um, and that's, that's Orange Cassidy I mean, to feature several indie Orange Cassidy matches would be gold. So he's actually wrestling in a lot of them? Oh, yeah. Well, he, Orange Cassidy has um, comedy matches and serious matches and then some that are walking the line in between them. Um, but his whole gimmick on the indies has always been, and I think it's the gimmick they're telling with him on AEW, they're just slow burning it, is that he puts forth the absolute minimal amount of effort that he needs to put forth, right? Uh, So if he can win by doing the little fake kicks and the fake super kick to the shins, um, then then he's going to win with it. And I mean, but rarely does that actually win ever. Does that actually win? Because of course they don't hurt. And I think that's the big thing. uh, And it's the thing that kind of drove Jim Cornette nuts is, um, when Orange Cassidy first showed up on AEW, um, even though the the wrestlers in the ring weren't selling it like this, the fans were selling it like, oh, those are the most devastating kicks, right? <laughs> I love and, it. And uh, Jim Cornette was like, I can't believe they're selling those kicks as like they're devastating. But they're not. Like, it, when he was kicking um, Tommy Dreamer in that when he appeared in the Battle Royal, right? Tommy Dreamer didn't sell any of those kicks like they were hurting. Uh, right. No. You know? And that's the whole thing. And that's what he does in these matches. So he starts off with those um, and all of that, and then it moves on to more and more serious wrestling as it goes on, uh, and eventually ends up in a real serious wrestling match, because the guy can go, you know? Uh, he, he can throw down with the best of them right now. So... So that's what they need to kind of show. And and I think um, if if you remember the match that he had versus Pac at the last pay-per-view, that's the way it went. He did the funny stuff at the beginning, and then Pac got serious and chopped him a couple times, and eventually Orange Cassidy got serious and, and actually threw down uh, and still lost, but that's beside the point. Um, right. I was just uh, also looking through, because um, I was thinking about this, what culture pro wrestling, WCPW, uh, was an offshoot of What Culture, the uh, YouTube channel that has uh, channels on basically everything from gaming to wrestling. And they had a, a wrestling league for a while, eventually became called Defiant Wrestling. But I was going through their roster and seeing they actually have a fair number of people uh, that were on their roster that are now um, in other uh, major wrestling promotions. Some of them even uh, tangentially related to AEW, like Pac um, and B Priestley. So I bet you, and and Defiant Wrestling is no longer 
functioning. They uh, they folded about a year ago. And so I bet you if AEW contacted them and said, hey, we would like to show a match featuring uh, B Priestley versus whoever, right, on our thing. I bet you uh, Defiant Wrestling would just say, sure, you know, mm. do it. Just mention that it was what culture wrestling. Uh, send them to our channel on YouTube. I said, we're good. Anyways, I don't know. And I, you know, like you said, I don't think we have the answer. I mean, we're just a couple schmucks from from Podunkville. Okay, two schmucks from Podunkville and one schmuck from Big Cityville. Yep. Uh, but <laughs> two schmucks but I, from Podunkville and one schmuck from Doesn't Matterville because it's in Canada. Oh snap! A a. <laughs> <laughs> And one schmuck from probably won't go bankrupt if he gets COVID because, you know, socialized healthcare. It was implemented since we became a country. It's not my problem. You guys didn't do the same. <laughs> uh, anyways. I doubt that I'm going to go bankrupt because of COVID if I get it. Different to be fair, reason, not socialized healthcare. <laughs> no, no, yeah. To be fair, we'll probably still go bankrupt either way, even with or without the healthcare, if we don't get back to work soon. Uh, I, I'm working from home, so I don't care. But there's a lot of people that uh, just aren't working. So, you know, anyways, back uh, to wrestling. In fairness, uh, your government has put together uh, fairly generous um, unemployment packages for people who've lost their their jobs. Um, and our country has it said, hey, we'll throw everyone a $1,200 check. Yeah, uh, that's only one. once. I, I thought it was once a month, but it's just nope. once. One twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and, uh, and mild contingency. Um, and it, Smarks is a, is really butthurt that he's still working. Yeah. Like, really butthurt that he's still working. Mm. So, um, and those people do get unemployment. And if it's a COVID-related situation where they have to be off work, um, federal law does require them to be paid a hundred percent of their paycheck for at least two weeks. Yeah. Um, so great question. I, Just out of curiosity, is it so the twelve hundred paycheck you guys would get is that one? Do you have to pay taxes on that? No. So, so no taxes, um, but that's all you no, get. But that's that's all we get currently. Now there's every chance that uh, if this continues farther, uh, which it probably will, that the uh, Senate and House will get together um, and and work on another stimulus. Um, however. The um, uh, Senate is on, I think it's the Senate, is on vacation for another two weeks. So it won't happen for at least that long. Um, yeah, that's a law that maybe needs to change on the voting law. Like, present to vote is kind of a silly law, I think, in, in this day and age. When, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we're literally hosting a podcast from three separate places in two separate countries, and uh, everything's fine. Two states in the one country. Yeah. Nearly. I mean, if you were another four miles east, you'd be in another state. More or less. So, so that's the deal. Is I mean, I think to be perfectly honest, I think we've reached a time in the United States where most of the year our representatives could represent us from our their home state rather than having to be in Washington to do so much of it. How, would, um, how cool would that be if that they could actually know what's going on in their own state? Yeah, and actually care what's going on in their own state instead of living in Washington most of the time and lobbyists would be it'd be more expensive for lobbyists to chase them down. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. And there is probably this is the not a medical show. Let's um, but so, um, the, well, the tough thing is, like uh, DFA was saying, if we lose our job because of COVID, um, then we've got some benefits for a short period. Uh, but if we lose our job for other reasons not related to COVID, we don't get benefit, um, or at least not the full benefits. We still have unemployment. Yeah. Um, benefits still. Yeah, unemployment, but just just the regular unemployment, seventy percent, I think, is what it is. Um, so two exactly. Sixty-six yep. percent. And by the way, uh, just so you don't get it twisted either, so our unemployment is almost the same as your unemployment. Our EI unemployment insurance is, I think, even less than yours. We have, I think, it's about fifty to sixty percent. And the other one that we have for the benefits, where we get two thousand dollars a month, is only for the next four months. Mm-hmm. So but that's still that's quite a bit of time. That's still three months more uh, than we do. Um, but like. If my company, okay, like the way the rules are, if I decide to shelter in place here um, for whatever reason, but it's not uh, because a doctor told me to, uh, like I'm quarantined mm-hmm. um, and I lose my job for that reason, that's not considered a COVID-related job loss. So I don't qualify for the COVID level of unemployment right if it was for lost child care it's it's guaranteed for a little longer mm-hmm. i mean just little side and, notes yep. and to be perfectly honest that's something that um might happen uh, my daycare has already yep. shortened the hours once um so who knows if they change that but but so there are there are a lot of things like i personally if i had the choice would choose to shelter in place because i do firmly believe that that's the best way to uh, help contain this and and help stop it from um, reaching uh, the levels that would cause a lot more deaths. Right. Um, but uh, I don't have that choice unless I get told to stay home by a doctor or my daycare closes and then I have to stay home. Uh, if I choose to stay home just to, in my mind, save other people's lives, I'm officially quitting, which means I don't actually even get any unemployment because you don't get unemployment when you voluntarily quit your job. So, but yeah, this isn't this isn't a political podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. Yep. Um, it's also not a COVID podcast, no. and I'm so tired of talking COVID nineteen. I'm tired of it, but at the same point, it's are it's you a- sick of it? Uh, sick oh, and tired. Oh, um, but along the same lines, it's a... How do you do that one? Just so you know. <laughs> I, I'm tired of talking about it, too, but at the same point, it's it's something that's very important to keep on our minds because I'll give you an example. The uh, city that I live in actually was one of the first cities to go under orders to, to socially distance and all that stuff in the state. Um, it has since uh, extended to the rest of the state, but at, we were one of the first. Um, I was driving home from work uh, yesterday, and I drove by one of the local parks. I took a, a, a detour because I had to pick up something. Um, I drive by this local park, and it's a big park. Um, and it's got hike and bike trails, and it's got all sorts of stuff there. And the parking lot were all full. Yeah, So that. many people were going to these parks because they weren't allowed to go most other places, which totally destroys the whole point of stay at home right right 
Um, like I get it. You got to get out of the house at some point. You got to do something. My wife and I will take the the daughter out and we'll walk around our little apartment neighborhood. We will stay as far away from anyone else as we can, uh, and we try not to touch anything. Uh, and then we come back, right? But these people, like it, it was, it was asses and elbows at a park during a pandemic, and that's why it's important to <laughs> to talk about it sometimes because we got to keep in mind that this is serious. As much as we talk about a silly fake wrestling show, um, we're in the midst of some serious times. So. Anyways, uh, and to be fair, though, and I want to just also make a note of it, too. You know how we we make fun of each other because I'm Canadian, you're American and so on and so forth. And a lot of people like to assimilate. Oh, these Americans are doing this. They're idiots. No, guys, we have these idiots everywhere. It's not a certain type of American doing that. It's not a certain type of Canadian. It's just people. At the end of the day, they're just people who are morons and don't follow rules. And then there are people who abide by the rules and that will. And then there are people that just don't believe that coronavirus is an actual thing and it's all manipulated by government. So, um, yeah. You know, um, what can I there, tell you? There are multiple states in America that have made rules that uh, establish um, churches as essential um like florida was one of them that recently did it uh and so therefore are not covered by the stay at home uh 10 people maximum ruling and texas um is not one of them but there are multiple churches in texas that have been busing people in for their sunday church service and are talking about doing it for this sunday for easter uh, and w- one of the pastors was saying you know real qu- christians won't mind dying uh uh, in the service of the Lord or whatever. And while I get that, but at the same point, this isn't just about you guys, right? Uh, if it if it was just your choice to go someplace and potentially get a disease and potentially die, I'm all for you making that choice for yourself, right? But this is about everyone that you ever come into contact with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so these people are endangering everyone by doing it. And that's why it's, it's a tough situation. Anyways, um, this took a, a turn to the, the more serious at the end, but um, but I thought I thought we had a good discussion over some things that that wrestling can do. So to... what would you pick? What? Let's just well, SmackDown Friday. How do you do it? Me personally, um, I've I've said this before. WWE has has that entire back catalog of everything. And I think there's so much that they can do with that. Um, you know, you've got uh, this back catalog of all your big stars. Like, you want to celebrate um, Braun as the new Universal Champion? You can put together a special that is uh, an hour of SmackDown is just, we want to show you Braun's biggest matches. Uh, no. So that you can see, you know. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I want to... matches if it was an hour. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I mean, well, the WWE 24 series, which I know they're playing some of them on ESPN, uh, that, that's a perfect thing that you can put in SmackDown. I mean, you've got this huge catalog, um, that you can pull from. You even can use things like, well, okay, I'm going to give a shout out to Brian Zane. Uh, Brian Zane is one of my favorite YouTube YouTubers. Uh, he does wrestling with regret and today he posted, uh, an episode looking at the Wrestle Rock rap. Wrestle, Wrestle Rock rap. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was an AWA. It went 
to together with the Wrestle Rock Rumble, which was their last AWA pay-per-view, I believe. Um, and it was right after the, uh, I don't know if Justin is as familiar with the uh, Super Bowl shuffle, uh, but in the United uh, States, not at all. It was a it was a cultural phenomenon at the time. Um, it was right before the Super Bowl, and the Chicago Bears, I believe, put together a a video called the Super Bowl Shuffle that yeah. was a a rap about how great they were as a team, and they're off to the Super Bowl, and they're going to win the Super Bowl, right? But this was just a one-time thing, or like all teams it, did this? Uh, it was just a one-time thing with the Chicago Bears. Um, and it's very cringy to watch it with modern eyes because it is a rap put together, uh, written by probably some white people who did not rap and wrapped by a bunch of people who talents are on the football field, not in recordings too. Mm. But it was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for many weeks uh, at the time. Well, <laughs> Vern Gagne, uh, who ran AWA, wanted to capitalize on that. So for that final pay-per-view, uh, he did the Wrestle Rock Rumble, which it's was- It's Gagne, the- by the way. Yep, Vern Gagne. Gagne. You can say Gagne. He pronounced it Gagne. Oh, did he? Okay. I'm just saying, uh, someone in Quebec. No, I'm, yeah. I, am, I'm, I am sure. <laughs> I, am, I am sure historically it was pronounced Gagne. Yes, but he pronounced it Gagne. All right. Oh, carry on. Lord, this conversation is Gagne. And that was your French lesson for April, what are we, 8th of 2020. Carry on with the rest of our show. So, uh,. This released December 3rd, 1985 was the Super Bowl shuffle. So this was a few months later getting ready for the Wrestle Rock Rumble. And he put together this rap of the, at the time, biggest stars in AWA. And some of them went on to be pretty big stars elsewhere. Uh, and anyways, if you get a chance, go to Wrestling With Regrets YouTube and watch his, because he did a review of the Wrestle Rock rap which is just the uh, the rap that they released to uh, publicize the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Uh, and it is, it is phenomenally bad. It's so great. But, but like I say, I mean, there were a lot of uh, stars at the time who were not, who were big in like AWA, but not known elsewhere, and then later became huge. Um, and like uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, and um, uh, at the time, Scott Hall, uh, who later became Razor Ramon and then became Scott Hall again. Uh, Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda uh, were part of it. Um, Sherry Martell, Luna Vachon. Uh, I mean, just so many. Sergeant Slaughter was there. Kamala was there. Anyways, but they all appear in this Wrestle Rock Rumble and uh, rap, and it's hilarious. And that's something that wwe now owns the rights to if i'm correct so you can do that you can uh play that and just have fun with it you know uh there's so much fun that you can have with that back catalog and it helps to pitch the network you know um you can even say right now you say goldberg got defeated for the universal title but let's take a look at where goldberg came from Mm. and and cover the streak oh yeah i mean there are a lot you of could people. Do Goldberg's first match against the guy almost as big, um, which was Hugh Morris. 
um, mm-hmm. i.e. Bill DeMott. Um, you could do his first match against somebody as tall. You could do the Reese match, which was his third or fourth match. That was when he was fighting against um, Raven's Flock. You know, there was, there's lots of things to do there, like we said. Wait a minute. Did they never do a streak, a Goldberg streak video? I don't know if they ever did. I don't really know up. Actually, but, 173 matches. Yeah. No, but yeah. still, like to do an actual special on this streak, you would think WWE Network would have jumped on that like right away. You would have. Um, I think so much of it comes from the fact that uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a WCW thing, and hates that they kicked his butt. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where Vince, you know, yes, Goldberg is a big star, and yes, he eventually became the champion in WWE multiple times now. Um, but acknowledging that there was a time when he was the big star for their biggest competition and uh, they kicked the butt, you know? So I don't know if they did. They might have, but if they did, play it again because a lot of people watching WWE right now probably were not uh, familiar with that run in WCW. Right, for sure. I mean, uh, I'm a perfect example of kind of what happened, right? When WCW lost and was absorbed by WWF at the time, uh, a large percentage of people kind of fell off because they were WCW fans and their team wasn't there anymore, so they're not going to pay attention. So there wasn't as much carryover into WWF. Uh, Yes, they were the, the leaders. Yes, they were the winners of the thing. But you can even look at the ratings. You know, there was a significant drop in total wrestling viewership, right? right? WWF didn't feature such a big drop in viewership because their fans stayed watching. But the WCW fans, for the most part, kind of fell off. So you've got a whole lot of WWF fans, then WWE later, that may not have been familiar with the whole run, the air quotes 173 matches um which which if you're not familiar there was not 173 matches no they they would just uh over a weekend between one nitro and another they would just inflate the number by five or six and then say you know he's now up to this many uh because they could and at the time there was no internet well okay there was an internet but it wasn't nearly as developed as we're used to so that they could get away with just saying yep he's got more and no one was the wiser so uh but yeah i mean you can still cover that you know there there are some phenomenal times i've i've been known to give goldberg crap for being a three move character but when he did them right they were three good moves you know Mm. and they were fun to watch when he would get especially like the big guys like reese get them up for the jackhammer and come down great it was fun, you know? And yeah, then once I'm... the streak is over, you can go on and say, and then here's what happened when he came to WWE. You know, here's his, you know, just do highlights of his matches with Brock and so on and so forth. Um, it helps build Braun up by showing, look at what the guy he beat accomplished. Well, like for instance, but they've done, like on the WWE list this, they've done five forgotten Goldberg rivals, Goldberg's first five matches, seven dream matches for Goldberg, five Goldberg matches you've never seen. You know what I mean? You could put that as a list of this kind of deal, Goldberg mm-hmm. streak. You know what I mean? Like 
Ah, oh, there's just so much content. I'm just very, they have to like utilize all of this. Like, I'm just so mad. Give me all your content so I can edit a bunch of videos for you then. You're not going <laughs> to do anything. God darn it. But now, like, AEW is the tougher thing. You know, how, how do you solve that? And I think we talked a little bit about what I would do, but at the moment, they don't have access to those, those uh, videos. Uh, but they do have access to the entire back catalog of BTE, um, so they could throw together a bunch of stuff, highlights from that. And, you know, they've still got pay-per-views. They've got, what, six pay-per-views under their belt now? Uh, they could do like WWE did and say, hey, we've decided to show you the match from Fighter Fest or whatever. Um, but I just feel like, you know, we're almost to the point where where they just have to just go home, go home and and dig in for a bit and, and know that it's going to be a bit that they're going to have to just suck it up and, and do something else for a while. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, you've showed the Monday Night War exclusively, like, and I use that word loosely, all the time when the WWE Network came through. You can easily do that with, here's WCW Nitro in January, or here's the best, here's, you know, the Austin versus McMahon, or, you know, do new episodes of Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast and have it on, like, prime time. Because not just the WWE Network, you can actually have that show on the USA Network. You can get more of an audience to help promote your WWE Network. On Fox, you can do kind of the same spiel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it would help promote your WWE. I'm sure like Fox or whoever wouldn't care because one, they're still filling their contract and you know, they get it. You know, like everything's closing down. <laughs> so I would imagine they can do it. But, but anyways, now uh, as a fan of wrestling, you know, you're not limited to just what AEW and WWE put out. That's the nice thing. We are we are fortunate enough to live in a time where uh, during this lockdown, where many of us are spending a lot more time at home than we normally do, mm. uh, you know, we could start uh, stretching our our boundaries a bit and watching some of the wrestling that we don't normally watch. And I put out a list uh, what looks like about a week ago of you know just saying, hey, I put it on up on Twitter saying here. You know, why not, while you're sheltering in place, watch some wrestling that you don't normally watch, right? If you're a WWE person, uh, you can watch AEW. Or here's where you can sign up to watch Ring of Honor. They've got Honor Club. Uh, it's their version of a network. Uh, they've got almost 20 years, like 18 years of, of back catalog that you can watch there, or at least most of it back there. Uh, Impact Plus has all of Impact Wrestling there, NewJapanWorld.com, uh, IndependentWrestling.tv. Uh, so if you want to watch some indies, you can go there. There's a lot of them are up on there. Um, you've got uh, NWA Power on YouTube, so you can watch that if you want to. Nick Aldis. Hmm? Nick Aldis. Yeah, Nick Aldis is awesome. Um, if you're outside of the U.S., you can sign up for Fight TV and see all of AEW's past stuff there. Uh, unfortunately, in the United States, we're a little bit more limited on what we can see on Fight TV, and that sucks. Um, but yeah. so, I mean, there's there's a lot of options for you out there, and I'm sure there's some that I missed, uh, but, you know, a lot of places that we can go to fill the time. And, you know, I think 
all of us fans will understand if for a while we maybe don't get new wrestling. Yeah, um, I would say no new wrestling is probably the best move. I would say new content is possible, but not new wrestling. And so I think that's I think that's the way that would be the smart way to go. Um, however, you know, I I don't know if Vince McMahon's ready to do that. I have a feeling that he's gonna to try to find every way that he can to continue filming new content. I think that he's nervous about AEW, and so he'll do new content to keep up with them, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. I'm still kind of curious to see if he does what uh, Dana White does, though. I literally think he'd be so egotistical like that to go about and do that. And even if you don't have all of those wrestlers, you can still have a good chunk. You know, you know, he doesn't have to buy the island. He could probably, like, rent the island for, like, a month or something, get as many wrestlers to go there and do something quick, 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 and, you know, film, like... I don't know. If Vince was going to do that, he would buy an island and he would make a WWE resort after that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the island that Firefest was on is uh, probably available. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that island has been jinxed and haunted for <laughs> life. And even if you gave it to me for one cent, I wouldn't do it. For one cent, I would move there in a heartbeat. But They could have it at Chernobyl. Oh, what a radioactive event this would be. There's no coronavirus here, guys. Yeah, none at all. You may glow for a month <laughs> after you leave here, but you will not be sick with corona. It's a valid point. Pros and cons. These, these matches are going to be nuclear. <laughs> on that note. On that note. Um, I'm getting really tired, so I think. Yes, uh, we will wrap this up here. Um, you know, we're not going to do a nullify, vilify, deify. It just doesn't feel like the place to do it right now. Um, so everyone gets deified to the top of their own individual card while they keep themselves safe and healthy. Um, but uh, I do recommend, though, that all you people out there listening uh, go and make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DFAB at. Yay, Vincent K. Fabe. You can follow Justin at at JLB420 or my Real Talk Radio uh, tag uh, at Real Talk Radio 8. And of course, you can go to anchor.fm slash RTR for more Real Talk Radio goodies. Awesome. Make sure to subscribe to us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcast because that's a great way to make sure you get each episode as they post reminder we are doing reviews of the new wrestling content from wwe and aew during the week um as long as they're putting out stuff we're going to continue to review it so uh that'll come up on there as subscribe to make sure you get those um review us on apple podcast five stars gets us into more ear holes as well um, recently just came across a new kind of social media platform that uh, I kind of want to talk about a little bit or at least pitch. It's called Gritly, uh, G-R-I-T-L-Y. It is um, kind of the easiest way to describe it is Facebook for podcasts. So you can go there. You can subscribe to your favorite podcasts on Gritly. We are on it. Um, and then when we post new episodes, they will show up on your feed there. You can uh, listen to them right on the site and leave comments and chats with us right there that get straight to us. So it's a great way to interact with us 
if you don't want to use Twitter or something like that, you can talk directly about each individual episode and make mentions and whatever and, and correct us on there. So uh, head over to gritly.com and sign up and then uh, follow us or uh, many other wrestling podcasts or other podcasts are going to be on there. It is a fairly new site, so there's not a ton of stuff on it right now, but it's growing. And so you get a chance to get on the ground floor and talk with us there. Um, you can also find our Wix site at the doobly-doos uh, below this or on our pinned tweet on Twitter for me. So there you can listen to the show there if you want to, uh, read our blog, um, find other ways to listen to it and all of that stuff. Um, but otherwise, unless uh, D.A. Fabe or Justin have anything more to say, I think we will close the book on this very special edition of FBI. Thanks for listening. We will see you soon. <laughs>